Well, we had a year that has been absolutely filled with disruption. I can imagine there are so many of us who can identify, even if we say this word disruption, with heartache and frustration and disappointment. As we look at the year that has been, I guess, many people's holidays would have been disrupted. People would have had plans to do something in the summer and even at Easter time and that's all being changed. And even now, although some people have the possibility of meeting with families, for some it's not really a great option. It's not an easy choice to make. And therefore it feels like everything this year has been disrupted. Relationships, weddings, even church gatherings, everything seems to go through a disruption. And that reminds me of the fact that the story in which we go every single time when we think of Christmas and Jesus' birth, as we go into the nativity narratives in the Bible, we find that actually, just like today, it's filled with a sense of disruption. Lives are being disrupted. Plans are being disrupted. Things aren't what they seem to be. And particularly this morning, I want to focus on the life of Joseph, the, uh, who ends up being, uh, in, in one sense, the, the, the father, although not biologically, but in terms of bringing Jesus up. He is the husband of Mary at a time when he has the encounter that we're going to look at. He was betrothed, he was engaged, but he was kind of engaged, that's very serious, in the Jewish culture. And he himself had a serious disruption to his life. And whenever I, I hear of people in real life who go through a major disruption, through things that really derail plans, I'm always fascinated and I always ask the question, so how did you cope? How did you deal with it? And I want to ask not just simply how did Joseph deal with a major disruption that he had in his life, but I want to ask the question, how did God help him? We're exploring the gifts that Christmas brings. And I think for Joseph, the greatest gift that he received from God, apart from Jesus himself, which is always, for those of us who know him, the greatest gift ever that trumps every single other gift in the world. Nevertheless, for him, he received an incredible sense of encouragement. And this gift of encouragement I want us to unpack this morning as we step into the narrative. Really, for, for Joseph, he must have been so incredibly betrayed because he hears the news from his fiancée that she's going to be pregnant. Now, he knows that they've not been intimate and therefore something had gone terribly wrong. And I can imagine that he would have been so disappointed in her. He couldn't understand what was happening. And he couldn't even figure it out. His head was telling him, I know Mary, I know what she's like. But his heart was broken because she was telling him that she was pregnant. He probably could have felt betrayed like any other man would feel when somebody that you love is suddenly pregnant and you just know it isn't you. And in many ways, he might have been very puzzled about everything that was happening. And in his heart, he decided to move on. So his desire was to just leave her. And he was slightly, in one sense, compassionate, if you want, because he was totally entitled to expose her and really have her punished for what seemed to be a break in terms of sexual fidelity. But he decided, out of compassion, to just leave her. But actually, leaving her, moving on, 
kind of thinking that's it. I'm just breaking off our engagement and our marriage and our plans are just totally shattered. That would have left her in an incredibly vulnerable position. But here we find him having an incredible encounter with the angel, just like Mary had. And we pick up the story in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 1, reading from verse 18 onwards. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly, or just leave her. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and she shall bear a son and they should call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her as a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. In the midst of his huge disappointment of his sense of betrayal, of this great interruption to his plans, of this great disruption to his life, God steps in and gives him the gift of encouragement and he encourages him by an amazing revelation. That is, God reveals himself to him and his plans through the angel Gabriel. God brings him a message. God sheds the light and brings clarity into a situation that seems to be so incredibly confusing. And that's what Joseph probably would have been. First of all, he would have been shocked, thinking, I can't believe this is happening to me. But then after the shock, he probably would have been incredibly confused. You know those questions that we often ask. Why? Why is this happening? Why is she doing this? Why is she pregnant and why is she telling me that it, it's, it's the Holy Spirit? He could have been obviously betrayed, as I said earlier on. And, and it, it could have been in his mind where all those thoughts would have been. Who has she been unfaithful with? Is it one of my friends? Is it somebody that I know? Why would she do this? Questions, 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 questions. And you know what it's like to live with those questions that you sometimes have when, when difficulties come across your path, when life is so challenging. Those questions come up and they keep you up at night where you can't sleep because you keep on thinking about them. And right in the middle of those questions, God comes with his gift of encouragement and brings revelation. As it's almost as if you're in the dark and somebody turns on the light. And God speaks through the angel and brings a, a beautiful, beautiful message to him that is meant to actually enable Joseph to figure out what is going on. And you know, everything is amazing here. 
First of all, he has an encounter with, with an angel. And as I said last week, talking about Mary, this wouldn't have been something that would have been happening that often. If people had an encounter with an angel, they knew that they were privileged people that they were part of God's ministry and God's agenda. So straight away, Joseph would have known, wow, this is a great moment. This is one of those things that I'm going to tell everybody and I'm going to tell my children and grandchildren and there's going to be a story written about me because an angel revealed God's plan to me. And it isn't just the fact that he has this encounter. The encounter in itself would have been enough to say, what an encouragement. But the encouragement keeps coming because God reveals and brings a confirmation. And what Mary might have told Joseph is exactly what the angel confirms. So straight away, Joseph knew that this isn't just somebody else doing a cover-up story for her or trying to bail Mary out or providing an alibi. He knew that God himself supernaturally is confirming that God is at work in this situation. And even though Joseph might have not made sense biologically of what was happening, the supernatural event and the confirmation, the fact that the angel was speaking on God's behalf right into the very questions and doubts that he was facing, that this is legit, this is God at work, and Mary didn't just tell lies. And God is encouraging him through this uh, revelation by honoring him and, and telling him what he told Mary, that he was going to be the father of the one who was going to be the savior, the one who was prophesied, the one who was Emmanuel, God with us. God in flesh, stepping into history, touching humanity in his family. That's why encouragement was being poured out through this revelation upon Joseph's life. And I think that did two things in Joseph's life. First of all, it gave him clarity. It's so difficult when you don't have clarity, when, when you can't make sense of what's happening, when you're confused. You go back and forth, you think, which, which way should I go? What, what should I do? It's agonizing. But when the angel comes and brings that revelation from God, there is a sense of deep clarity about Joseph. And the other thing that Joseph received through this revelation is a great sense of courage. Now he was ready to take on this challenging circumstance. And don't mistake this, this would have been challenging for both Mary and Joseph. They would have been vilified, ridiculed. They, they would have been embarrassed. People would have not understood what was happening. They would have not believed their story. So Joseph was embarking on an incredibly difficult journey. First of all, looking after Mary, uh, beginning to raise a family, probably being overwhelmed. Any first-time dad is probably overwhelmed, but even more so, being the father of the one that God calls Emmanuel, the one that was prophesied, the Messiah. And he was ready to take them on, all those challenges. Why? Because God had encouraged him through this revelation. But it doesn't stop here because God continues to do his work of encouragement and it comes through protection as well. If you go further on in verse 13, again in Matthew chapter 1, it says this. When the wise men had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, 
take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. And then if we jump further on in verse 19, it says this. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go into the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that the, Ar the Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned by God in a dream, he left for the regions of Galilee and came and lived in a city called Nazareth. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. God doesn't just encourage Joseph by speaking to him through the messenger, through the angel and giving him clarity and giving him that revelation. But he also brings protection because their life as a family was in danger. Things were going great after Jesus is born. First of all, everything that God had promised had happened. Wow. I mean, when you have a promise from God, it's exciting, but it's nothing like seeing the fulfillment of it. You're just absolutely buzzing about it. Various people come and visit them and encourage them. It feels like God is doing something amazing. And then, bang, total disruption again. Just when you thought your life was coming together, you get blindsided by another issue. That's what Joseph would have felt. Suddenly, he receives a message again through an angelic appearance. It's, it's just amazing just how many angelic appearances and, and encounters he has because God wants to encourage him and protect them as a family. And first of all, God is speaking to him and is encouraging him to leave because God is willing to help and protect this special family. And I love the fact that God is speaking to him, again giving him a very clear message and a very clear sense of direction. And they are told what to do and where to go and the reason, because their lives would have been in danger. So the warning comes very early in order to protect their lives. That is God's kindness at work, protecting this family, giving them a warning and preparing the path and giving them a clear sense of direction about what they should do. Again, don't, don't mistake this. This is not easy for Joseph. So although God brings the revelation earlier on through the angel, he still has a difficult path marrying Mary and living with the misunderstandings that potentially could have been around their whole life. But then, even as the angel, in, in God's gift of encouraging protection, speaks to him and encourages him to flee to Egypt in order to save their lives, doesn't make it easier. Yes, God does bring revelation. Yes, God does bring protection. God brings encouragement through both those things, but it doesn't make 
Joseph's life easy because he has to do the most incredible, inconvenient act of obedience. He's got to uproot his very young family from a relatively safe environment and step right into the unknown. How many people fleeing the civil war in Syria had to step on a boat heading for the shores of Europe, probably not having any funds with them, leaving what once was a very safe place, stepping in a land where they don't know the language, they don't know the customs. It's a small comparison. But basically, Joseph was ready to take his family into a hostile territory. Egyptians and Jews didn't mix that well together. There was history. And he has to make that step forward to go into that situation. And that would have required a huge amount of trust in God and courage to become what you would have probably you could only describe as a migrant, as a refugee, in order to save their lives from what was a genocide of children that was happening in Judea at the same time. And I can imagine that Joseph would have had so many fears. He would have been just like me and you. And some of his fears could have been around the fact that, hey, we, we, we're foreigners. We, we're going into this other nation. We, we don't speak their language. We don't know their custom. We look different. We dress different. We eat different food. Everything about us is different. It's not that fun to be different as a minority in a majority culture. That brings apprehension. And Joseph could have felt it. He probably would have feared whether... And it's not just about him, but it's his family, whether his family were going to be accepted in that culture. He could have been fearful about whether he was going to have a job. Whether somebody's actually going to hire him. Whether he was going to be paid enough. They might have listened to his accent and decided they didn't want to hire him. They might have looked at him and the way he dressed and they might have, would have known that he was a Jewish man and said, we're going to pay you 30% of what would have paid if you would have been Egyptian. That's the stark reality of living and coming as a migrant, as a refugee in a foreign country, coming from somewhere that is downtrodden and easily being exploited. Those could have been the fears that Joseph could, could have had, but he had the courage to step into them because once again, God promised that protection. And when the time was right, once again, the angel comes and guides him and calls him back. And even then, there's a little, little detour when he ends up going to Nazareth because once again, God was with them. God was encouraging them through the protection that he was giving them. This is a wonderful story about God's encouragement for Joseph and his family by default. God encouraged him through speaking to him in a revelation. God encouraged him once again, protecting him, bringing protection over him and his life. What's that got to do with us, you might ask? Well, a lot. 
because in the same way God guided Joseph through the revelation God wants to guide us me and you and I don't really know where this message is landing as you're watching and listening to this but I want to say it could be that you're in a similar situation obviously not in detail but in how you feel about needing a sense of direction from God and God wants to remind you that just as much as he brought revelation to Joseph he wants to bring that sense of revelation to you as well you see we have so many decisions to make big ones and daily ones and in all of those we need an input from God because everything about us our priorities our attitudes our ethics everything is linked to hearing from God and God speaks to us through the scriptures regularly through his word, through the Bible, all the time. And also, like he did with Joseph, occasionally he speaks to us supernaturally. And I want to encourage you, if you're in the same situation Joseph was in, with confusion, disappointment, even fear, I want to say to you, God wants to speak to you. Do you want him to speak to you? Are you opening your heart? Are you opening your ears? Are you opening the Bible to, to, to hear God speak to you? Because my encouragement to you is, He does. Do you have a relationship with Him? It's the best way to learn to understand how God is speaking to us by surrendering our life to Him. And if you've never done this, well, this is a perfect time to do it. To simply surrender your life to God and enter into a relationship with God where God speaks to you and you can speak to him. And sometimes when you find yourself, if you, if you have a relationship with God and you've been walking with God, maybe that relationship is stale, it's not intimate. Can I plead with you in this season? Come home. Come back to God. Come back to closeness with him. And don't come with shame. Don't come with a sense of being judged because that's not what God does. God is like the good father in the parable of the prodigal son who welcomes all those who want to come home. Come home this Christmas time. Some of you will go home this Christmas time and meet with parents, meet with the rest of the family. How about doing the same spiritually? Come home. Because God wants to guide you. God wants to speak to you just like he did with Joseph. Just ask, humbly ask. Say, God, will you, will you, will you guide me? Will you speak to me? Will you enable me to make those decisions that are important for my life? Because he does that. That's his heart. Also, God wants to protect you. And by that, he doesn't make your life pain-free and easy going just like he didn't do it for Joseph. Yes, he spared their lives, but it still meant that they had to go through a challenging place and through challenging circumstances. But God was in it. You see, we have a, if you follow Jesus, we have a triple enemy. Our self, our sinful self, Satan, and the sinful world that we live in. And they all contend to try to bring us down. Obviously, Joseph and his family had the king who was the enemy, who was being threatened by this promised Messiah that the wise men spoke about. Well, we don't have a political enemy like that, but he was a spiritual enemy 
in the three-fold explanation of what I just said earlier on about Satan, self, and the sinful world that we live in. And they all are trying to attack us. They all are trying to harm us. They are all trying to make us actually not follow Jesus and distract us. So how do we navigate this? How can we fight this? How can we have confidence? Well, we have, can have confidence in God's protection because God is determined to keep us if we have a relationship with him. And no matter how much they will attack, the three uh, enemies will attack us, or the, the, the three faceted enemies in, in, in Satan and our own sinful self and a, a sinful world that we live in, God is able to protect us just like he protected Joseph and his family. The question is, am I paying attention when God is speaking in trying to protect me? He did it with Joseph, but Joseph had to pay attention. Am I ready to listen and obey when God is giving me some direction about being protected? Sometimes God is speaking to us very clearly about doing something or not doing something because he wants to protect us. Are we ready to pay attention to what God is saying? And say, I'm going to make that choice to trust him. Because I know it's for the best. This is a time of encouragement amongst difficulties, fears, disappointments. And really, just like Joseph was going through this incredible disruption to his life. You and I are going through disruptions. At various levels, in various contexts, uh, with various facets to those disruptions. But they are all real. And I want to say to you as a great encouragement right now. You are not alone. You are not forgotten. God wants to strengthen you. And just like he gave this gift of encouragement packaged in these two things, the revelation and the protection that he gave to Joseph, he has those two things as an encouragement for me and for you, for all of us. I don't know exactly what your disruption is, but I know one thing for sure. God still wants to encourage you, both through revelation and protection. And in the midst of all the fears, in the midst of all the worries, in the midst of all the confusion, God is proclaiming this message. I am on your side. I am for you. I'm the one who sent Jesus into this world. This is what Christmas is all about. A God who cares. A God who gets involved. A God who steps in to bring hope and forgiveness and light in a dark world. Consider yourself encouraged because God is saying to you, I want to reveal myself to you and to speak to you and to guide you and I want to protect you in this incredible spiritual warfare that you find yourself in. I'm on your side. You can take courage. You can be hopeful. You can step forward because God is for you. Amen.